to the Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. We're with Sean Forky, Forky, who's one of the top dung beetle specialists one of here. The only. Oh, sorry, the only. <laughs> Of course. How could I have got that wrong? Let's not get that wrong. We're at Dung Beetle Innovations. They're in the pavilion. Now it's the it's the best best stand in the pavilion. Without a doubt. Without <laughs> a doubt. Um, because it's got the greatest impact for the whole country. It has, apparently, from what we've just learned. So apparently, uh, for all you non-farmers out there who's listening to our podcast, the dung beetle has been around for a long time in other parts of the world. Yes. Australia's been using it since the 60s, I yes. just learned. Yes. We started Why using is it from 2011. Yeah. Was New Zealand just scared that something was going to go wrong with the whole ecosystem? Ecology, not at all. I think one of the key things with the armchair urban ecologists out there is, are we introducing another unwanted organism? We've got goats, sheep, and rabbits, and all that stuff. I mean, stuff. all that good stuff running around. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was all deliberate stuff done by repatriation societies that had zero brains when it turns to all the uh, the non-direct yeah. Yeah, and that's targets. why people would work. Absolutely. Right? So you have to go through a stringent uh, environmental protection authority process of risks, costs and benefits to yeah. bring in new organisms. We've done that. Dung beetles are now here with several different types of beetles to cover length and breadth of New Zealand year-round. So are there different beetles suited for different areas of New Zealand? Yeah, absolutely. We've got 11 beetles to cater for stuff down as far as Invercargill all the way up to uh, Cape Ranga and different times of the year. So obviously at the start of this venture, were you, did you always have this burning desire to bring dung beetles into the country? I did. Or what's this? Yeah. You know, I did. We, we've had people in the past who were um, burning desires with, uh, with pastoral earthworms back in the 40s and stuff, and so they focused on earthworms. Yeah. It's become the, one of the single biggest difficulties of establishing an organism around the country given, given their... Um, their intolerance to pH ranges and certain soil types, etc. I had a booming desire for dung beetles, given that I know that they can remove pastoral surface soil contaminants rapidly straight from voided manure. So if you can get rid of dung within 24 to 48 hours post-voiding, yeah. quickly in the ground and put it in there as a good nutrient source, that's fantastic. That, that beats anything hands down on pasture. What's the process, say if you're on a farm or got pasture and things like that, and you want some dung beetles, do you just rock up with a truckload or a box or <laughs> yeah, throw it pretty, on the ground? Or what is? <laughs> no, no, we, I, I send you um, certain types of dung beetles depending on where you are. Yep. I send you a whole container through um, uh, Courier Post and how, how New many, Zealand How many process. would you get, say, for a hectare? Oh, well, it's not by hectare. It's by number of head of cat, uh, animals that you've got. So typically work on a typical whole season okay. farm patch, which is um, works on about uh, 300 cows on average yep. or 2,000 sheep. And then if you've got more than that, then you get proportionally more beetles. But it basically works on that, and I query you the appropriate amount, which is probably 500 to 700 beetles of each kind of species you get. So you get a massive and, colony. And, and what do you do with them? Like, what's the instructions? Once you get this box in the courier and you're like, yes, the dung beetles have turned up, high-fiving your partner, <laughs> and you're, it's almost Christmas. Well, if it's around that and you get them in the middle of the day, you want to keep the lid on it because they're quite flighty. They're, uh, they're, oh, they're, they're eager flighty, to get yeah. into the shit, so to speak. Yeah, and so you've good. really <laughs> got to keep a lid on it. I mean, if they weren't, they got the wrong name. No, well, it's a very fast process because um, you've got to select a paddock where you've just had a lot of dung released, yep. uh, put out and the stock have moved off, you go and turn over a cow pad so it's nice and fresh and you dump the entire contents quickly onto the pad, followed by a bucket of poo on top to stop them 
okay. flying off quickly. And that's really a, a two-minute process. That's awesome. Like, how long do they last or live for? Is mm. there much follow-up? Do you always have to yeah. top them up every year? Or what's the story there? Yeah, no, no. This is a one-off investment for farmers because these guys replicate themselves. So it's a self-sustaining process. They just build up their populations exponentially. Yep. By year nine, you typically get saturation on your farm proportional to how much manure you've got being produced on your farm. So by year nine, so you've they'll, got they'll 90% grow of carpets coming. Amount of manure that's being produced, which can yes. support that. Yeah, if you've got a few cows, you've got a few beetles. You've got a lot of cows, a lot of beetles sustaining, gotcha. uh, sustained by that manure. But in the process of getting rid of all that manure in the ground now at a 24 hour process all around the world, yeah. that's the science that we're monitored uh, here and overseas that shows significant reductions in the surface flow off the contaminants coming off manure and urine yeah. because it's going in the soil because we've improved soil structure yeah. significantly. So, do you want to tell us a little bit about how they do that? What, yeah. what is it? that they do that that does this magic work? Yeah, no, it's an amazingly common sense process. If you are a dung beetle and you're attracted to a big smelly pile of shite on the pasture surface, you're going to go straight to it, literally out of the bum of the animal. You're going to go straight to it, and then you're going to set about undermining it by putting a whole series of tunnels into the ground. Some of these beetles go down to a metre, some to 45 centimetres, and the most of them to about 30 centimetres. They then excavate the tunnel, soil, deep soils mixed up to the surface soils, they replace that with endless amounts of dung from that cow pad on the surface and lay an egg in it. Yeah. So, so they drag the shite down. Basically. Yeah, yeah. You think uh, think of a dung beetle as a bulldozer. It's got a shovel-shaped head and it's got digging arms. So it basically acts like a big digger and shovels arm loads and head loads down, makes a ball, caps it off with an egg in it, starts again above all the way up the tunnel. And right. so in the turnaround is six to eight weeks for another set of beetles to come out and start the process while the original mum and dad's still doing it. And then the granddaughters and grandsons are doing it while the grandparents are doing it. So you get overlapping generations. So you get this massive uptake of, of beetles. And in doing that, we get all those environmental benefits. Now, you said at the beginning that you uh, first introduced them when the, the, the cattle or whatever have yeah. moved on, the yeah, stocks yeah, yeah, moved yeah. on. And so you're going to go through this period, so a few weeks into it, they're into multi-generations or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they're pretty hardy from then on. The, uh, the cattle yeah. can uh, roam freely and there's no yeah, danger there. Yeah, absolutely. So this whole process is following the herd. So when you're rotating your herds, the beetles that are up ready wanting to do their, their uh, nesting, then they just follow the smell coming off the and dung. And they follow it. You don't have to ride it round you're, them you're, up. You're you don't have sheepdogs. <laughs> Dung beetle yeah, you, know, <laughs> you don't have to run around with a big mosquito net trying to catch them and harvest them and shove them on another paddock. They'll fly for you to that cow pad and colonise, just like the Perfect. African migrating herds, but on a farm scale. So, of course, right. the Chris and Sam podcast is all about farming, and we've got extensive knowledge on things. Um, the two questions I was thinking of is, you've got these dung beetles. Do you need to do any follow-up testing to make sure they're still there? Or do you just sort of take it at face value? Or how do you know that they're still working efficiently? Like just, yeah. I don't know. Just yeah, that's a good question because a lot of farmers have put them out and then they just won't see them for a yeah, couple no. of years. So yeah. managing expectations of farmers is that a, be... Is that a hard sell? Not really at all because when you see the benefits coming off it, because when you've done the job right, beetles typically will be self-evident in around two to three seasons typically after release. And then from year five, you start seeing a dozen beetles in every cow pet, what I've normally seen. And year nine, you see huge saturation going on. So farmers in that first couple of years, 
know that, look, these have dispersed in amongst the cow pats to a point where it's going to be hard to find them until their numbers have bulked up sufficiently to be able to see them, and then it becomes rather obvious. No, to me, being the expert that I am and things, um, <laughs> this almost seems like a no-brainer. It is. It's quite common um, sense. What's the biggest uh, objection that you have to this when talking to farmers? Like, what's the biggest thing they say? They're like, I don't want this because of... No, I've not really had any objection to any farmer. The only objection I've had is to people that probably wouldn't know a benefit of a dung beetle, and it'll normally be people in an urban environment that will think that this is another biosecurity risk, of which, of course, it isn't. But farmers in five minutes get the common sense solution to a broken system where you've got livestock, you've got partial system, but then there's nothing getting rid of the manure rapidly. And the rapidly key is completing that nutrient cycle by the deployment of dung beetles. Well, I think this is an amazing, informative talk. I'm glad we actually stopped here and spoke to <laughs> dung beetle innovations. Yeah, I know. I've got I, one more thing to say. Yes. Um, the biggest thing in New Zealand at the moment is, is water quality. And a lot totally. of that stuff coming into the water quality is being shed off pastoral environments. Yep. Yep. The biggest thing that you can do preventatively at a sustainable level is bury the contaminants into the soil at the source of the problem before it gets to yep. the problem. The only way that you can really do that rapidly is with dung beetles. Bring in the dung beetles, unleash Absolutely. them on your farm go see the, dung the benefits talk to dung beetle innovations <laughs> you got a website or something yeah, we do go to dungbeetles.co.nz you'll see it all there talk to your councils because the councils are getting on board like they do with planting and fencing so dung beetles will be another tool for you to get on with awesome thank you so much for talking no, you're to us thanks for coming no worries hope you enjoyed the show make sure to subscribe and we'll catch you next week don't forget to tell your friends